this Advent season, we're going to journey through the Psalms with beautiful videos like that to just remind us of why it is that we gather in this place, why, why it is that we celebrate this time of year. And so we lit the candle of joy, and so we're going to talk about uh, the, the joy that Christ brings into, into this world and ultimately into our lives. And so I pray that you'll walk away today experiencing joy, even if what you're going through right now is less than that, maybe even much less than joyful. And I think as followers of Christ, that's, that's got to be the key. We've got to figure out in the midst of living in this place called earth and in, in our skin, how do we experience his joy? And then that's the key, his joy. Not the, the joy that, that uh, we think we can find uh, in other places or in other people. I mean, those things can make us happy, but it's not necessarily the, the joy that we're speaking of and the joy that Christ came to bring. And so there are a couple places we're going to look at today in Scripture. One will be Luke chapter 2. So if you have a Bible, you can turn, get, kind of get ready. Luke chapter 2. And the other one will be Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12. And so I, this is just an old, it's an old trick, but it's a trick that many of us use uh, probably. I Googled the word joy. I just said, okay, let's just type in joy. Let's Google, let's see what, what we come up with. 826 million possibilities <laughs> and counting, I'm sure, of the word joy. And so we're not going to look at every one of those today. And you can say amen to that because we would be here until next Christmas. So we're not going to look at all of those. But just to, the, one of the first things that comes up, obviously, is the definition of joy. It's a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. Someone might have tears of joy. Have you ever cried tears of joy? Yeah, like you ever seen something that just moves your heart so much, you just, it makes you, uh, just makes you cry. The birth of a child, uh, the birth of a grandchild, uh, watching my grandbaby uh, call me almost every night, FaceTimes me, and to tell me goodnight or to tell me some random fact about her day or whatever. And um, when she's not, like, you know, going through videos on her iPad, she'll take time to look up at me and giggle and give me joy. She's funny. She's two years old. She brings so much, so much joy. The, the uh, cinnamon, synonym, not cinnamon, synonyms for this word are delight, great pleasure, joyfulness, jubilation, triumph, exaltation, rejoicing, happiness, gladness, exhilaration, uh, Rapture was one of the words. <laughs> it was a synonym for joy. That's, that's kind of an interesting thought if you think about the word rapture and think about biblical, biblical terms. Last night we had a gathering of people that are involved in the leadership of our church. And before we left, I said, I want to, I want to ask you a question. What is it that gives you joy? Like, what is it that brings you joy? Joy, and what's your, what are your responses? And so it was interesting. We had several people respond, and a lot of similar ones probably that you would come up with as well. You would say, your kids, most of the time. <laughs> your spouse, most of the time. <laughs> You're holding his coffee. What a, what a, what a wife. That's amazing. She's like, she's just a little cup holder there. It's great. Um, 
your pastor. No, they actually didn't say their pastor, but I know they meant it. I'm sure they meant to say it. Uh, serving others. Serving others brings them joy. One, uh, one gentleman said, seeing others walking out their purpose in life, that brings them joy. Uh, seeing others start to get it, like really um, comprehend that, that all of life can be and should be centered around this idea of, of Christ in me and Christ through me to the rest of the world. Like God just in me and me serving and like really living out the purpose and the calling he has for my life. That's one of the, the, the parts of our mission statement here at the church. We want people to discover the calling he has for their life. And the, the thing is, is every one of you have a calling on your life to do something. To be a part of something greater than yourselves. And for Ryan, it's, it's Fellowship of Christian Athletes. We went to a breakfast the other day. And I, I, every time I see him stand up and talk about his passion for coaches... Who, who, who have then an opportunity to impact their players, it's, it's encouraging to me. That's his calling. And it doesn't have to be yours because yours is different. And it could be something in a completely different context. But watching other people live out their purpose, uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter and her husband spoke at this breakfast and they talked about their calling to be teachers to impact their students for Christ. Yes, in a public school. Like... It's awesome. Like they, they feel a divine calling. That's like a mission field, sometimes in a very, in a very dangerous, it's a dangerous calling, you know, if you've ever dealt with students. <laughs> but uh, they, and I think it's dangerous because as a follower of Christ, there might be a time where they try to get censored and silenced and say, you can't do that anymore. You can't do it. And I believe it when my daughter says, you can fire me for sharing, my go- sharing the gospel with students if you want to. I'll go find another job doing something else and I'll do the same thing there. Yeah, and that's just, that's her heart. That, when I see that, that gives me great joy to see my daughter walking out that purpose in her life. Earlier in the week, I asked a friend uh, what she thought joy was and what brings her joy. And she said when seeing other people smile, when she blesses other people and see them smile, that brings her joy. So I saw this commercial, Kohl's, which I haven't been to a Kohl's in a really long time. We used to go way too much. I don't know. But this Kohl's commercial, you know what their tagline is? Give joy, get joy. So obviously, what are they talking about? What are they hoping that you get out of that? Yes, come to my store, buy stuff here, go give it away, and get joy. Now, is it possible to have joy doing that? I, I think so. I mean, some people are really have, they have their generous spirits, and they, have, they love to give gifts. Um, Carrie Rogers, I don't know if she's here today. She's a great gift giver um and she she's just like a personal gift to these ladies in our church last night and this great joy in that and I watched them the ladies open up their gifts and they got great joy out of that so I'm not saying that's not possible obviously but I think obviously when we think about the joy we come to celebrate today around this 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 advent wreath it's a lot deeper than that right it's more meaningful than just that so I'm not saying don't give gifts. I mean, I love them too. Someone gave me a gift this morning. It was awesome. I felt great joy and can't wait to redeem my Starbucks gift card because my balance is zero, all right? So thank you. What perfect timing. <laughs> so give joy, get joy. But I, I think about this phrase, this quote from this, uh, this theologian named Dr. Seuss. 
great man of, of, of theology <laughs> and truth. And he wrote a movie, and he was part of the story about a guy called the Grinch. And this quote goes like this. It says, Then the Grinch thought of something that he hadn't before. What if Christmas, he thought, doesn't come from a store? What if Christmas, perhaps, means a little bit more? And I, I think it's always good to, re, to remind ourselves that it's so much more this time of year. Not just this time of year, but every day when it comes to what it is that Jesus brings into our lives. There's so much more than what we can find that the earth can produce and provide for us. There's just so much deeper than that. And so we want to be about, we want to be about uh, giving and blessing and, and touching lives of those who, who maybe are, have been neglected for whatever reason, maybe where they live, the, the economic situation where they live. And we're going to do something different this Christmas. We're going to do something kind of special. We've never done this before. And so here's what I want you to do. If you are the, the head of your house, okay, the head of your house. If you live by yourself, then you're the head of the house. Um, Powell's the head of the house, and he's, where are you going, man? Come back here. <laughs> he's going to get her some water, man. What a great guy. That's awesome. So if you're the head of the house, of your house, I want you to stand up, okay? If you're single, you're the head of your house, so stand up, all right? If you're looking at your wife trying to figure out, am I the head of the house or not, you might already know the answer to that question, all right? Sandy, Sandy George, you know you're the head of the house. Go ahead and stand up, all right? Stanley's back there. He's just playing along, all right? Okay, so here's what I want you to do. I want you to come up here, and I want you to take one of these catalogs and take it back to your family, all right? Jennifer, you're the head of your house. Come, come on, come on. Hey, don't, do not make your dad walk up here in crutches, all right? Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, he's a tough guy. He can figure it out. Come on up here. All right, it's awesome. Hey, hey, Trish, Trish, where's that card? Is it? Yes, you did. Hey, Mr. Wagstaff, stay right there, man. I got something for you. <laughs> Some of you guys got permission from your wives to come forward. That's good. Okay. That's good. See, now I'm secretly, I'm secretly taking a video of this, and I'm going to share it with all my pastor friends. I did an altar call, and all these people came forward. It was awesome. No. But go ahead and grab your catalog. Go on back. All right, so as you're going back to your seat, if you remember last year, we... We had an emphasis on the, the Christmas shoe boxes, and we packed shoe boxes and we shipped them, shipped them out all over the world. And I think, I think obviously there's there's something really good about that. I think it's a 
I'm sure it brought joy to the hearts of the, the, little, the little kids all over the world that got to open those boxes. But I, I discovered something through an email uh, several months ago about this idea of forgotten Christmas. And I think the idea is, is maybe at some point in time we've, we forget what it's really all about. And so they, they said, hey, we would love to send these catalogs to you for free if you would give them out at your church. And so I said, well, send me 75 of them. And so we got rid of most of them. And so here's what I want to challenge you to do this Christmas as a family or as an individual. I want you to look through this catalog And I want you to just pray about, is there a way that I can bless a family somewhere else in the world, right here from Platte City, with purchasing one of the items that's in this catalog? Now, I believe that there might even be someone here in this room today that has the resources to purchase the gift that's on page 13. Or maybe just the, the what's on the left side of that page on page 12. Maybe you say, you know what, I can't necessarily purchase the heavy-duty vehicle, but I might be able to buy him a bicycle. And I promise you, I, well, I say I promise. I, I believe there's integrity in this. I believe that the people who run this organization, because it is, um, it's a well-known organization, that... When they say that if you buy a bicycle for a missionary or a pastor, it will get to that pastor. It will be delivered to them so they can utilize this tool to spread the gospel. But you know, ultimately, it's us giving the gift to the Lord, and he's going to take it and distribute it. And the people are going to do with it um, whatever they feel led to do with it. But I think uh, one of the things, one of the commitments as a church, we're going uh, to buy at least the barnyard bundle on page 10, all right? We're going to buy some chickens, some goats, some pigs. We're, in the, we're getting the livestock now here at the church, um, a lamb and a cow, all right? And so some family is going to get these things delivered to them by a pastor in, that, in, a, in Asia, and they're going to have maybe a cow that can then begin to help sustain them in some other way. Maybe, they can, maybe it's a cow that they can milk, or maybe it's a cow that will have other cows, and there's other things that they can do with this animal. And so my challenge to you is to go through it with your family and say, what should we do together as a family? Do this with other people so that you can get the joy out of it. Say, what do you think we should do? If you buy animals, have your kids name the animals. Okay? And then, I, I don't know, I've, I've been thinking about this. Some way, some way you should, um, we should like keep a tally. Like how many chickens did we purchase, you know? Or just say, hey Brady, we, we bought two chickens and here's their names or whatever. Or a pig or whatever. Maybe just let me know if you feel led to, to do that. So I want to encourage you. We're gonna, we'll talk about it again probably next week one more time because we've got a few more catalogs. And then, and then um, on Christmas Eve, listen, on Christmas Eve, everyone who comes on Christmas Eve, we're going to give them a card and we're going to tell them thank you because in honor of them, we as the body of Christ here in Platte City have purchased this gift to bless someone else in another land. Do you think that's what the church is supposed to be about? Like being a blessing, a conduit, right? A blessing to other people?
I think so. And I'm, and I'm really passionate about that. And so that you can participate along with this. I mean, I'm just fascinated by how, what a blessing this will be to you and to your family. Luke chapter 2. Starting in verse 8. This is a very familiar story. It says, In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. And then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great what? Joy. Good news of great joy that will be for all the people. It says, Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. And then, of course, the angels came and they sang and there was best worship service yet <laughs> there on earth. I like this phrase. In my, in my translation of the Bible, in the, it's the Christian Standard Bible, it says this. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you. For all people. But all people include you. You as an individual. It wasn't necessarily for just a group of people, but he had you in mind. Like he, he loves you. And his desire is for you to experience his great joy. And we talked about the things that bring us great joy, right? The, our children and, and giving and, and work and all these other things that bring us great joy. But what happens when the things that bring us joy also causes the greatest heartache. Have you ever had that happen in your life? The thing that you thought was being the, the greatest joy when your marriage ended or when sickness took the life of someone that you love so much? Can we have joy in those moments? I mean, really, truly? Maybe it's just the, the Christian answer, the, the pad answer, but the, the answer is yes. But I think the only way to make that possible is when we, when we choose to. Like that is when, that, when, listen, my kids give me great joy, but my kids have also tormented my soul and frustrated me to no end. But I choose joy in the midst of that. I choose joy because I know that this is not the end of the story. Like there's more that's going to go on in that story. Because there is a blessing on the other side of the pain. If you're here this morning and there's some pain going on, remember this. There's blessing on the other side of it. It's coming. Joy, right, comes in the morning. It comes the next day or the day after that. And you're like, well, pastor, can you give me like a timeline so I can sustain it, sustain what I'm going through right now? No, I, I don't know. But I promise you that when we figure out what the secret is to finding that joy and choosing joy, that it's coming. 
It's coming. I know for me personally, there's been times of great heartache and sorrow, but it came. And when it came, it was amazing. It was even better than what I thought it was going to be. Because the, the, more, <laughs> the more pain we go through, the greater joy we experience, I believe. Like, it's, it's amazing. You know, in James chapter 1, it says that we are to consider it great joy, brothers and sisters, when we experience various trials. Great joy. I mean, Jesus did say great joy was coming, right? To all people. But he didn't say it was going to always be easy and it's going to be wonderful. I mean, Jesus was born into poverty. He was born in a, a stall for animals. And he came, he didn't come into, he wasn't born in a palace with a silver spoon in his mouth. He was born, and it was a tough existence. It was cold, and it was hard, and it was like that song that says, no crying Jesus makes, the baby makes. Are you kidding me? He's screaming. You know, and his mom was too. It wasn't like she had this beautiful, easy birth where it was no pain. It was all wonderful. Like, poop, there's the baby. Oh, so sweet. No, it was hard. Labor's hard. But man, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing afterwards? My wife said too, without having any pain medication. It was hard, wasn't it? I mean, I don't know. I was there, but I wasn't really there. I was on, kind of watching. But, but man, it was beautiful. Once, once the baby comes, it says, because you know that the testing of your faith produces endurance. And let endurance have its full effect. Like, don't try to get ahead of God in the midst of your pain. Don't try to fix it yourself. Don't try to solve it. Like, in the midst of it, just, I don't know, I don't, I mean, I'm practicing this too all the time. But in the midst of it, just be able to say, God, I choose joy in this midst because I know that the pain is going to end someday. And on the other side of it, it's going to be beautiful. And so I'm, I'm, just really, I'm just really focused on that goal, well, that, the part that's coming. And, Lord, let me learn what I need to learn right now in the midst of it, right? What is it you're teaching me right now in the midst of this pain? It says, let endurance have its full effect so that you may be mature and complete Lacking nothing. Do you know what the other end of your pain is? You're going to be more completeness. You're going to have everything that you need in that moment. You'll lack nothing. But if you stop and you give up, you won't know what that is. You won't know the beauty that's coming if you stop and give up. All of us are in those seasons, a different place in our life right now, every single one of us. And as your pastor, and, and as I know some of your story, I can, man, I just look around, I see your faces, and I, and I, and I feel your pain. I mean, I, I know what some of you are going through. I know it took, a, it took a great effort just to get in the door today. But I'm glad that you did, and I'm hoping that in the midst of it, you'll experience his joy. Do you know Jesus gets it? You know Jesus understands. Do you know Jesus? Like you've never been through anything that Jesus is like. Oh man, I didn't even think about that. Like man, that's a new one for me. Like do you know that? It's true. Like he he tempted in all ways. The Bible said uh, by the devil himself. Um, he suffered rejection. He was beaten to the point of death. Uh, he he just went through some hard stuff. 
The Bible says he left heaven and he took on flesh. It became the most vulnerable thing you could possibly be on this earth as a baby. Completely dependent upon other human beings to take care of him. <laughs> took on flesh, dwelt among us, walked down the same roads that we've walked down. Or the ones we're walking down. <laughs> or the ones we will walk down because this story is still being written. He faced the greatest challenge of all, and that is the challenge to conquer death. And in this passage of Scripture in Luke is the beginning of his story, at least here on earth, when he comes to bring great joy. But let's look, let's look, let's look towards the end. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 12. So flip, the, flip on over to that. So let's get back here to the back. James. Let's look at verse 2. And I'm going to skip ahead just a little bit, but I'll go back. Look where it says... For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross. Remember in James where it says, let endurance have its full effect? Like, don't give up. Keep persevering. Keep hanging in there. Even when it's hard, especially when it's hard, don't stop. It says, for the joy that lay before him, he, Jesus, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Man, what was Jesus' reward for persevering and enduring? He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, in the, back where he started, <laughs> back where he belonged. He came to earth. He lives a life that gives us an example to follow. He provides a way for us to get to where he is by putting our faith and trust in him. And it says he endured the cross. Why? It says for the joy that was laid before him. So it's a beautiful picture of he sees it, but he's got to go through this, this through the cross to get to it. And so what was the joy that was laid before him? Some say, uh, well, Brady, it was, it was people. It was you and me. We are the joy. And I believe that. But I believe it comes through this reality. The joy that was set before him was to bring glory to the Father. Do you know that everything that you're going through, the ultimate goal is for you to bring glory to God through it? Everything that you're going through. It's to bring glory to God. Middle schoolers, you're going through middle school? Middle school's hard. It's rough sometimes. You're going through it so you can bring glory to God. Yeah, we think middle school's hard. Wait till you get to be an adult. Living on your own, doing your own thing, work. I mean, it's, yeah. But it's for the glory. And so you're like, man, I want to live. I want to live for his glory. But I got to go through this season, this hard time. But I think there's nothing that gives God more glory than when Jesus rescues people out of darkness and brings them into light. Nothing. 
If he's rescued you, you bring God so much glory. Like, oh, man, Jesus, one more, one more person Jesus brings to the Father, says, this one belongs to you now. I've redeemed him. Oh, glory. Glory in the highest. <laughs> Hallelujah. You know, that's the glory. And that's why Jesus came, to rescue you and me. So that we might have the incredible joy that comes when we experience that rescue. Listen, if you haven't been moved by that, if you haven't been compelled and propelled to live your life differently because of what Christ has done for you, there's nothing more I have to offer you. There's nothing more the church has for you. There's no programs that can make that better for you. There's no way that we can do anything. We can't, I don't know. Do you see what I'm saying? I don't know any other way to talk about it. I mean, that's it. And when you start realizing that Jesus has this purpose for you and he wants you to live out your, every day of your life for him, when you start to get that, that's when you will experience this joy that I'm talking about today. Psalm uh, 32 one says, How joyful is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Oh, man. Luke 15.10 says, I tell you in the same way there is joy in the presence of God's angels over one sinner who repents. That's what brings God great joy. Man. The moment that you repented, meaning said, you know what, I realized the way that I'm living is wrong and I need Christ in my life. At that moment, there is great joy in heaven for you. That's amazing. What a gift. A gentleman shared this, uh, and it kind of got me on this theme the other night at our fireside chat. He says, in Psalm 1611, says, God, you revealed a path of life to me. In your presence is abundant joy. At your right hand are eternal pleasures. You want to know where to find joy? You find it in his presence. Not in the presence under the tree. <laughs> but in his presence that is everywhere you are. He's everywhere you are. He's better than Visa. Everywhere you want to be, God is there. His presence is right there with you. So let's, in Hebrews 12, let's go back up to the beginning. Therefore, since we are, we have such a large crowd of a cloud of witnesses surrounding us. Let us lay aside every hindrance. Okay, every joy sucker in your life. He says, lay it aside. Whatever it is. That might mean you, it doesn't mean necessarily you might be able to get rid of it right then, but you can start dealing with it differently today. You can start processing it differently. You can start looking at it with a different perspective a different view it says lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us okay and then it says let us run with endurance the race that lies before us and here's the key how do we do that how do we run with endurance how do we not give up how do we experience this joy it says keeping our eyes on Jesus who's the source and perfecter of our faith. Okay, just like Jesus endured the cross 
for the joy that was laid before him, the Jesus that is before us means that we have to get rid of and go through some of the stuff in our life to get there and experience him in a new and profound way. And I encourage you, don't stop. Don't give up. Though the enemy may lie to you and give you plenty of reasons why, don't give up. Because there's great joy to be found, even in the midst of this great these trials that we go through. Let us resolve not to let anything to cause us to miss what he is wanting to accomplish in our lives. I'll say it again. Let us resolve not to let anything to cause us to miss what it is that he is wanting to accomplish in your life. Resolve that. Say, I don't want to miss it. I want everything that he has for me. Like if you had three gifts under the tree, are you just going to open one of them? Oh, that's enough. Or are you going to open all of them? They all have your name on them. Last night at this party, um, we did this, the white elephant gift thing. You know, it's kind of goofy. And one of them was, was this porcelain pig that had a handle and an opening in its mouth. And I don't know if it was a pitcher or a planter. We don't really know what it was, but it's pretty funny. But there was an envelope taped on the inside of the box that had something else in it, which made it really intriguing. And I think that was the first gift that actually got stolen because they wanted to know what was inside that envelope. And I think sometimes, I think sometimes we are, we're just okay with, with what, we're just okay with the porcelain pig. Like, God's got something so much more for us, but we're like, well, this is enough. I mean, I'm going to heaven when I die. At least I think I am. I hope I am. That's good enough. Man, that's great, but you're missing out joy right here, right now. You're missing out purpose and meaning. And you know, I watched it played out yesterday at the Day of Hope when hundreds Hundreds of people came into the door and I watched them go through and people blessing them and giving them gifts and coats and food. And, and I watched people experience joy in the receiving and joy in the giving. And here's the thing, those people had to show up to get it. You see what I'm saying? If you don't show up, and I'm not talking about coming to church, but if you don't show up and say, God, I want everything that you have for me. I'm going to open up, every, I'm going to open up that envelope, whatever. God, if it, if it has my name on it, I want it. I want to know more. I want to know more of you. I want to experience you in a deeper way this Christmas season. Like this is a great time to, to reset <laughs> your walk with the Lord. It's a perfect time. So this week we talked about joy, and next week we'll talk about his hope. And we'll talk about the peace that he brings. And then we'll finish with, on Christmas Eve, we'll finish with his love. Which is the thing that binds it all together. Let's pray. Father, we, we praise you that Jesus endured the cross on our behalf. 
I pray, Lord, this morning that if there, there is anyone here that does not believe that they are worthy enough for Jesus to endure the cross for them, I pray you change their mind and their heart right now. Give them a, a realization of their value. Give them a, a, a realization this morning that, that they really can truly experience joy right here on earth. I pray for those that are needing to lay aside hindrances in their life. I pray for those who need to cast off sin that so easily entangles them, that's not allowing them to run this race that you've marked out for them. God, I pray that we would eliminate anything that's keeping us from keeping our eyes on you, whatever that is. Especially this time of year, Lord, would we sense your presence, your Jesus, would you just dwell among us by the power of the Holy Spirit like you came to earth that night? Would you come and dwell among us in our hearts? Would you be born in our hearts so that we can experience your joy today? Would you just generate generosity in our church today as we look at these catalogs and as we bless families that we won't see this side of heaven, but, but we know that they will be sustained and lives will be transformed because of what it is that we can do for them. And I pray to be a blessing in families and in hearts of individuals as they, as they give. We thank you, Jesus, for coming in flesh to dwell among us. And would we leave this place and would we dwell among those that need so desperately this joy that Jesus brings here on this earth. We just pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. If you want to pray, if you, have, if you want to pray as a family about what it is that you feel like God's leading you to, to, to give, um, so whatever it is you need prayer for, just come.